You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we've got into the Mishnah of Shekalim, we've gone from collecting the half shekel to storing and distributing it to administrating the financial economy of the temple. And as we enter the the third Mishnah of chapter 5, we're going to deal with the administration of the offerings themselves. And in order to understand this Mishnah, we need first of all to go to a verse, a verse that describes the offerings. And there are many, 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 many such verses in Torah. And just for the sake of argument, just as an example, I'm bringing the offerings for Rosh Chodesh, for the new moon, from the Parashat of Pinchas, from the 28th chapter of Numbers. And the Torah writes there, on new moon, you present a burnt offering, two young bullocks and one ram, seven lambs, male lambs of the first year without blemish. So all these kinds of animals. And then there are some additional offerings that go with them. Offerings of flour and oil. Three-tenths of an ephah, of fine flour for a meal offering, mixed with oil for each bullock. And two-tenths of fine flour for one ram. And one-tenth of fine flour mingled with oil for a meal offering for every lamb. A burnt offering, a sweet savour, an offering made by fire for the Lord. And their drink offerings are half a hin of wine for each bullock. And a third of a hin for each ram. And a fourth, a quarter of a hin for each lamb. So there are animals, but there is oil and wine and flour that goes with the animals. And the quantities differ for different kinds of offerings. There are different proportions of a hin of wine and different proportions of an aphor of flour and different quantities of oil. How do we know which is which? When someone brings an offering or wants to bring an offering to the temple, how do they know how much of how much wine or how much oil or how much fine flour to bring with it? And where do they get the oil and the wine and the fine flour of the right quantity and the right purity? Because, of course, these ingredients must be tahor. They can't be tameh. And someone can just, someone can bring an, uh, an animal 
sure to be sacrificed. And the animal can't receive tonight. It's a live animal. But being able to bring an animal that can't receive tonight is quite different from being able to bring oil or wine or flour of the necessary purity. So what did they do? Well, they would bring the offering, but then they would buy the additional items. You might say the dessert, the extras. They'd buy the extras from the temple. And someone in the temple would know how to serve them out, how to dish them up in the right way, the right quantity and the right purity. And that's the subject of our Mishnah, the third Mishnah in chapter 5. There were four seals in the temple. Calf, ram, kid, and sinner. And we can recognize the calf, ram, and the kid. These are the three kinds of animals that we read about in the Torah. These three kinds of animals all have different kinds of oil and wine and fine flour to go with them. What's the sinner? What is a sinner? Well, let's go to the Talmud in Arachin for just a minute. Rabbi Shmuel Ba'nachmani says, we're in Arachin 16a. Amar Rabbi Shmuel Ba'nachmani, Rabbi Shmuel Ba'nachmani says that uh, Rabbi Yochanan says, Al Shiva Dvarim Nagain Ba'in. Leprous marks. Leprosy comes for seven things. And then there's a list of seven sins for um, malicious speech, for slander, for bloodshed, for an oath taken in vain, for forbidden sexual relationships, for arrogance, for theft and for stinginess. Leprosy is supposed, according to the Talmud, leprosy comes as a result of these things. And we learn, we read in the Torah that someone who's recovered from leprosy needs to bring an offering. That offering has its own libations. We don't say leprosy in the list of libation types like calf, ram, kid, like calf, ram or kid. When we say chote, sinner, we're referring to the offerings for someone who's recovered from leprosy and who's brought his offering to the temple. That's the first opinion in the Mishnah. There were four seals. And Ben-Azai is going to disagree. Ben-Azai Omer, Chamishah Hayu. Ben-Azai says there were five seals. Moreover, Va'aramit Katsu And they were actually written not in Hebrew, but in Aramaic. So they were written in the kind of the language of the, of the people. Because commonly people spoke Aramaic in the time of the temple. So what was written on them? Well, the first four are the same. Egel, Zachar, Gdi, Choteh. Calf, ram, kid. But the fourth, we have a poor sinner, a rich sinner. According to Ben-Azai, there were different seals for a poor sinner, a rich sinner, i.e. a poor, someone poor who recovered from, from leprosy and someone rich. Because the Torah actually prescribes two kinds of offerings. One kind of offering which is the ideal one, and another smaller offering for someone who can't afford the, if you like, the best. Egel mshamesh im nichsei bakar gdolim uktanim sochachrim unukavot. Calf serves for the libations of cattle, large and small, 
male and female. Gdi mushameshim nichsei tzon gdolim kutanim. Kid serves for libations of sheep or goats, large and small, male and female. Chutz Michel Elim, with the exception of rams. Zachar Meshamesh Im Nichsei Elim Bilivad. Ram serves for the libations of rams alone. Chote Meshamesh Im Nichsei Shalosh Behemot Shel Mitzorain. And a sinner serves for the libations of the three animals of the lepers. So we've got these seals, these four seals, or these five seals, depending which way you look at it. And they all serve for a particular kind of sacrifice. What are we going to do with these? Let's read the, mission, the next Mishnah. Mishnah 4. Anyone who required libations would go to Yochanan. We've heard about Yochanan in the previous day's Mishnayot. Yochanan was the officer over the seals. Yochanan shehu memune ala chotamot. Yochanan was in charge of the seals. So what would they do? Noten lo maot umukabel mimeno chotam. They'd give him money and they'd receive from him a stamped receipt. Yeah, this feels like a department store. You hand over your money and you get a stamped receipt from the person that's in charge of the seal that can stamp that receipt. Then he goes to Achia. We learned about Achia as well. He's in charge of the libations. He's in charge of distributing all this stuff. And he's an expert on quantities and on purity. He go to Achia, who was appointed over the libations. So he give him the, him the receipt, and he receive from him the libations. So you, if you like, you go to the cash desk, you pay your cash, you get a receipt. You then go to the libations desk, you hand over your receipt. And you get the libations. And that means there's one person dealing with cash and there's another person dealing with materials and handing out the materials. How do they reconcile? How do they square up? Well, this now we're seeing real kind of almost double entry accounting in the days of the temple. And we've learned already that accounting, um, that everything in the temple has to be seen to be correct. So there is accounting and there's high quality accounting. So we're going to hurt. we're going to learn in the Mishnah Villa Erev in the evening Ba'im Ze Etzel Ze in the evening they meet up. This is Yochanan and Achia. Va'Achia Motziat Achotamot. Achia brings out all the receipts that he's he's produced. Umakabel Kenegdor Kenegdan Maot. So Achia he's in charge of the libations. He'd bring out all the receipts he's received and he'd get money for their value from Yochanan, who's the treasurer. So Yochanan and Achia, they square up at the end of every day. Im hotiru, hotiru lehekdesh. If there was a surplus, the surplus belonged to the sanctuary. Im pachtu, hayam shalem Yochanan beito. If there was less, Yochanan would have to pay out of his own pocket. Sheyad hekdesh al ha as we learnt, the temple always has the upper hand. If there's a dispute, the temple always wins out. What if someone lost his receipt? 
מי שעבד ממנו חוצמו. What if they lose, someone loses his receipt? ממתינים לו עד הערב. So they wait until the evening. They wait until the reconciliation. אם מוצאים לו כדי חוצמו, if they found the value of the receipt, i.e. when they do the reconciliation, there's value left over. To the value of what he lost, not nimlo, they give him the libations. The im love, lo hayalo, if not, he doesn't get his libations. Presumably he has to go back and buy and rebuy them. For shame hayom, katuvalihen. And by the way, the name of the day, i.e., the date or the day, was written on the receipt. For shame hayom, katuvalihen. The name of the day was written on the receipts. Because of fraudsters. It seems, just as now, you know, we need to take care with receipts which are handed out at fairgrounds to make sure no one is recycling receipts. Seems that then as well, they need to take care. So they would write the name, a different name. They'd write the day. Each day they were handing out receipts. So there was no possibility of getting a receipt on a Monday perhaps exchange it for libations on a Tuesday, but then somehow maybe representing it on a Wednesday the second time. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.